Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal. It's Wednesday, August 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Typically, offensive linemen don't like to make the news in a game that usually means something went wrong on a play. But in the case of Orlando Brown Jr., he was in the news because of a contract situation. Brown missed the first week of camp, but he signed his franchise tag and has returned to the field this week. On today's show, which started as a Sports Beat Live, Beat writers Herbie Teopi and Jesse Newell, along with columnist Vahe Gregorian, discussed Brown and what he'll have to do to earn the long-term deal he seeks. Also, we talked about how important it is for players near the roster cut line to be noticed by special teams coach Dave Tobe. Okay, let's get started. Welcome back to Sports Beat Live, our daily conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs at training camp at Missouri Western State University uh, with the people who know them best. And that is beat writers Herbie Teopi and Jesse Newell, columnist Vahe Gregorian, and you, uh, the fans, the audience. Um, you know the Chiefs. So send us your questions and comments, and we'll talk about the Chiefs with you. Always enjoy doing that. Uh, presented, We are presented by First Federal Bank, and we'll hear from them later in the show. So, Vahe, you and I today are doing something the Chiefs used to do, no longer do, <laughs> and then have a two-a-day. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think that's uh, just right for the two old war horses. That's exactly right. And, of course, uh, Jesse, again, uh, setting up shop outside, uh, braving the elements, and Jesse, I would think uh, Bill Self would have a name for Herbie, Vahe, and I, as you are sitting outside. I think he'd call us soft. We're you just got, soft. You guys are so soft. I can't <laughs> believe it. You guys are just so soft in there in the air conditioning. You can't get out here. Uh, yeah, it's it's T-minus, uh, whatever, 15, 20-minute watch to see how quickly I can sweat through my, uh, my dry fit shirt here. So, everybody, stay tuned. <laughs> Maybe I wonder if we can get to the break before uh, before that shirt starts to uh, we'll see discoloration in that shirt. So, uh, but you got your soda. We're all good to go. All right. The news of the day, of course, uh, as he has been so often uh, more than any other chief, including Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the news of the day uh, over the last few months is Orlando Brown Jr., the left tackle. He was in camp today for the you know for the first time since they've been in St. Joseph since she's been in St. Joseph and um Herbie what was uh, what was the extent of Orlando Brown Jr.'s participation today well the good news is he's in pads so you know he was able to go through some workouts he went through stretching conditioning went through a couple of team drills then he went through one-on-ones uh, fully padded fully contact but as part of his acclimation process the Chiefs pulled him out after uh, shortly before the final team drills, sent him up to the hill. Uh, you know, because they are going to acclimate him. He's not going full out yet. Uh, but the fact that he was able to at least put in an hour and fifteen minutes, hour twenty minutes of practice, that's a good sign that he's in good shape. Uh, he talked to the media afterwards as well, so that's another good sign. You know, no setbacks or whatever. But he's hey, he looked okay to me. He looked he looked like Orlando Brown. Well, did he did he do anything though uh, to? To, to get an evaluation today, uh, did he push? Did he, you know, did he block anybody? What, what kind of contact drills was was he involved in, Jesse? 
Yeah, I mean, he was in there for most of the stuff early on, even the first team stuff with the sled. He was in there right away, and some of the uh, 11 on 11s, he was right out there with the first team. Uh, as Herbie talked about, this is sort of going to be eased into the process, and rightfully so, right? I mean, he said he's been working out on his own. He's been in shape. He's played tennis and swam, all that stuff, but uh, nothing can quite replicate the heat and humidity of St. Joseph, especially when other guys out there have been doing this a week longer than you have. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was out there for more than I thought, and he was out there for a uh, a longer period of practice than I had envisioned uh, when they had talked about pulling him off early. But yeah, th this is this is good, and you know, I think the main thing with this is we're going to talk about it today, but potentially we won't have to talk about it for a long time now. I mean, Orlando Brown got here in time; he should be able to play in uh, at least a couple of the preseason games. He should be completely ready to go by week one, and the Chiefs now can move forward, knowing they have their left tackle and knowing that their full strength roster is going to be there without any distractions. Blair, there was one play during nine-on-seven drills, and when they when the Chiefs go to nine-on-seven, they're working on running plays. There was one specific play where he and Joe Tooney opened up a massive hole over on the left-hand side of that that line of scrimmage, and I believe it was uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire who just burst right, who followed right behind their block. So you know that's that's what you like to see, and because you got to remember they they were actually tackling to the ground during the running portion of the team drill. So. A lot of contact in there, but they blew open the hole. Blair, um, you guys are making me think of this, too, uh, with the, the tennis and swimming emphasis. Um, back in the day, you know, Joe Posnanski was known to play uh, play chess with Priest Holmes. So I'm wondering if people like Jesse, who took tennis lessons from my neighbor's dad, or Sam McDowell, who was a, a prodigy as a tennis player in high school, they ought to maybe have a little Orlando Brown challenge. I kind of like the idea of, of picturing that. That's a column, isn't it? That's absolutely a column. That's a show. <laughs> Jesse, yeah, you, yeah, you couldn't you take him on yourself? Oh hell no, hell no, no! I'm sure he's way better than me. Uh, I'd have to probably pull in my brother for uh, a little bit of. Uh, you know, he at least was the number one singles kid for uh, Emporia High School back in the day, and uh, about ten times the athlete that I am. So I'd at least have to pull in a ringer, but you know, maybe then I could get in uh, on good graces and see where those two watch them battle it out. You know, but you're a, more, a little, just a little more seriously on it. I mean, I, I am. Aren't you interested in in that? That was the first. That was his frame of reference on how he stayed in shape, and he looked pretty, pretty lithe. I thought, if that's the right use of the word, he looked. He looked uh, like he was in good shape. But I hadn't thought about offensive linemen swimming and playing tennis a lot. I was, well, I was going to say that. Um, you know, when I heard the tennis and swimming references, I'm thinking, look, that that is that, that's fun. And fine for you know some aerobic exercise, but country club, <laughs> right? But, but but Jesse's more acclimated to the heat than, than Orlando Brown Jr. right now. <laughs> so uh, hey, by the moment, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't see Orlando Brown out there sitting with Jesse. So uh, all right, let's hear from Orlando Brown Jr. He met the media today, and here's what he had to say. I feel good. I feel good. Um, I was excited to get get out there and get some live reps, man. Uh, you know, obviously I've been doing a ton of stuff, training on my own and things like that. But uh, I felt good, man, to get out there with the guys. What, this, what made 
made this the right time to report to camp as opposed to last week or next yeah. week or the week after? What made this the right time? Yeah, man, you know, I've, I missed a lot of ball up until this point. And, uh, you know, obviously, man, I missed the locker room. I missed the coaches, you know, everyone here in the building. And uh, I know how important these, this five-day stretch is to Coach Reed and and everybody here at KC, man. So, you know, I, I just didn't didn't feel right sitting at home, missing out on this. Uh, you know, this is something that, you know, I want to be a part of, man. You know, I was brought here to help win Super Bowls. And, uh, you know, this, this week is very important to our progression. What was that like for you, sitting out all the OTAs, minicamp back in yeah. the spring? What was that like for you? Yeah, uh, you know, man, it's always hard. You know, I, I, like I said, man, I, I pride myself on being a leader. I pride myself on being someone that wants to be here for his teammates and showing up every day, bringing the most positive energy that I can bring to the locker room and on the field, man. And uh, so it was it was difficult to be a, be away from it uh, for so long. But, you know, the understanding was that, you know, I had to do what I had to do. Came here, you wanted to be here for the long term. Absolutely. Has anything that's happened in the last few months changed that? No, man, not at all. Not at all. You know, I want to be here. I want to be, I want to finish my career here in Kansas City. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, questions out there, but, uh, you know, to me, man, the, with the contract situation, it just wasn't enough guarantees. And I want to be here for the rest of my career in Kansas City. And that's really important to me. What were your emotions as you approached the deadline and then you find out you're not going to sign a deal? How, how did you react? What were some of the conversations you had with the agent? Yep. Well, you know, from your vantage point, how did that process play out? Yeah, I don't want to get too detailed on that, but uh, very emotional, man. Uh, you know, I, I've spoke to, you know, pretty much a lot of people here in the front office and, and Coach Reed and everyone understands, man. I'm, you know, I love I love ball. You know, I, blo- I love blocking for Pat Mahomes. I love putting the Chiefs, you know, logo on my helmet, man. And uh, I really enjoy being here. Uh, so, you know, I know that, that time will tell and things will get taken care of with time, man. I just look forward to getting out there on the field this year. You know, it's not enough guarantees. That's what that's what kept you from signing the yeah, deal? Yeah, not at all, man. It's not about the money. You know what I mean? I want to be here for the rest of my career. Yeah, man. I mean, I always feel like I got something to prove. You know what I mean? I was a third round pick. I had the worst combine in history. Um, <laughs> the list goes on and on, man. So the chip's always been really big. Uh, you know, what does this necessarily mean? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it's that much different from the past. You know what I mean? I always feel like I got a lot to prove. Interesting stuff. Vahe, you you ended up writing about Orlando Brown Jr., I believe. Yeah, still uh, still in the process. Um, so, uh, but Hey, one, you know, one thing, um, I, first of all, I, I thought he was great. I, I really liked hearing him talk. Uh, I think he's a really smart and interesting guy. And I appreciated how he how he spoke to, to everything. Uh, it was a little funny. And I, I think if we could sit down with him for a while, he'd be able to talk through this a little better when he said that about uh, it's not about the money, but it was about the guarantees. I mean, it in a way that's that seems at odds, but in a way that's, you know, actually the literally the coin of the realm is, is the, the nuance of that point. So, um, but I, I, look, I think he he said some important things and it's gotten me thinking about how at some level you can't compete if everybody feels like they have to uh, be the highest paid guy at their position, especially when they don't quite deserve to be the highest paid guy at their position. And it, it sort of falls into line with what we've seen with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, who are, lavishly paid, but could be paid more people who are willing to say that, you know, I can get mine, but it's the opportunity to pursue, pursue the legacy and, and the greatness of, of winning that matters to me too. And I think what, you know, time will tell on, on uh, Orlando because, you know, the, the words were great today, but, you know, seeing how the attitude unfolds in the months to come is part of that too. But I thought he had the right spirit of that, uh, that I think is, is conducive to a, a, a good a good room, as they say. Yeah, well, hey, I thought that was a good point, um, saying not about the money, 
and again, sort of violently react to that. But I think what you're reading from it and potentially now what you kind of opened my eyes to what I would be reading from it is it's not about the money. It's about the guarantee. It's about the security, basically, like trying to look into the future and say, I mean, he's getting paid well this year. He's going to get paid $16.7 million. Even if the Chiefs tag him next year, he's going to get paid $20 million. So in that aspect, it's not about the money, but it's sort of about setting yourself up in the future. And I think you make a good point. I mean, throughout this process, Patrick Mahomes has raved about Orlando Brown. And even, you know, Brett Veach from the very beginning, general manager has talked about how much they like him. And they were optimistic early on that they were going to get a long-term deal done. So I don't think that the, the, con, the, the problem here has ever been attitude or him coming in or teammates not liking him and all those sorts of things. It's, it's just been about, you know, those two sides coming together and the Chiefs having a little bit of leverage where they didn't have to cave in to demands. And Orlando Brown banking on himself a little bit and saying, hey, if I have a really good year this year, whether it's the Chiefs or somebody else, I'm going to get paid next year if I think I am who I am. Uh, and you mentioned this, and, and Sam McDowell has brought up this point too as well, which is worth Considering you talk about giving him top left tackle money, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes got top quarterback money a couple of years ago, and now he's what, third or fourth or fifth out of quarterbacks. So if even if you pay Orlando Brown top left tackle money this year, uh, by the end of the deal, it could be fourth or fifth or sixth because everybody's sort of rewriting those rules as they go and rewriting those contracts as they go. So somewhere in between, the Chiefs potentially have a chance to uh, renegotiate and look at this after the season. But as of now, Orlando Brown uh, is in here. He's ready to move forward with the Chiefs, and he's ready to try to win the Super Bowl. From there, the chips are going to fall where they may. Yeah, the, the key thing here also is because he's franchise tag, he's playing under the franchise tag, he's making an average of the top five players at the tackle position. So he's getting paid like he's one of the top guys. But he gets to enter a year. You heard him mention that he has a chip on his shoulder. This is another contract year for him. And as our esteemed colleague, rest in peace, Therese Paler, used to always say, the contract year is undefeated. So he's, he's got another shot to, to make another Pro Bowl. You know, he made a Pro Bowl last year, his third in his career. He makes it again this year. You know, that you, you start talking about some of these guarantees that are written in the contracts. Are you an all-pro player? Well, yeah, we'll guarantee you this much. If, are you a Pro Bowl player? We'll guarantee you this much. So that's, that's probably some of the stuff that plays into it as well, the language part. Yeah, look, keep in mind that he's made less than $7 million in his career, and that's because he was a third-round pick who had the worst combine of all time, as he said. Um, and, now he is, uh, and now he's getting paid like one of the top tackles in the NFL. You know, quick aside too, Blair, I thought this was interesting. Um, you know – not only did he, you know, talk about uh, you know being here for the the higher purpose, so to speak, but he was he was not shy about talking about stuff he has to work on, like how he didn't show up at important times last year, which I didn't think was necessarily a, a negotiating ploy. It seemed like he he wanted to you know really speak to things he has to work on. Okay, uh, I want to say hi to RJ and Ann for for Wayne. We'll get to uh, your comments after we take a break. And let's hear from First Federal Bank. When I bought my first home, I was searching for listings and negotiating all on my own. Now I'm back in the housing market and I could not imagine doing that again. But then I found First Federal Bank of Kansas City's expert loan advisors at FFBKC.com. They were kind, knowledgeable, and available 24-7. My loan advisor answered my questions and helped me feel confident all the way through closing. I trust First Federal Bank because they understand banking is personal. Apply today for a home loan at FFBKC.com slash homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says Start a Subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sportsbeat Live from Chiefs Training Camp with Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teope, and Jesse Newell. And RJ, good to hear from you. And asks about Josh Gordon. Herbie, I'm going to throw this over to you because I think that's going to lead into the conversation we're about to have. And um, what have you seen from Josh Gordon? And um, just let's go there first, and we'll, we'll, we'll build on that. So your question is, what have I seen out of Josh Gordon? Well, I will tell you through a week of practice, uh, nothing. <laughs> so, you know, the pads have come on. And, and you know, we, we've we've discussed this during OTAs and minicamp, the likelihood the Chiefs keeping five to six wide receivers, that's a realistic goal here. Okay, so when you start going past the top four, McCole Hardman, Sky, Sky Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think you can pencil in right now uh, – Vahe's guy, the Penn grad, <laughs> Justin Watson, along with Doris Fountain. So it's going to be very, very tough for Josh Gordon to break in there because those last two players do something that Josh Gordon hasn't done probably since his college days. You've got to be able to play special teams. And right now that's that's what's hurting him. So today we heard from Dave Tobe, the special teams coach. We're not going to play any audio from him, but uh, we did hear from Tobe and – it is not insignificant when Dave Tobe mentions your name in the media tent. That is a that is a good thing. And he specifically named the two players Herbie just identified, Watson and and Fountain. So Jesse, uh, I, I I can imagine that um, you know maybe players they they're they're fine with, to hear what their position coach says and even what Andy Reid says. But if you're a borderline player and Dave Tobe mentions your name, you got to be feeling pretty good about uh, your chance to make in the squad. Yeah, we appreciate talking to him because he's usually pretty open with his response and pretty, uh, you know, forthcoming with his comments. And it makes sense for the Chiefs. You know, they lost a lot of main core four special teams players from a year ago. So they need to fill in some of those roles. And anytime you can get some security with those spots, uh, especially if you're Dave Tobe and have done this for so long, that's probably something you're going to be seeking out now. Listen, there's a give and take here, obviously. I mean, uh, Dave Tobe is not going to go up to a ninth-string receiver and fall in love with him on special teams, knowing that Andy Reid probably thinks that he can't potentially help them at receiver if that's his position in a certain place. So there has to be some sort of talk back and forth when it comes to that. But, uh, yeah, I I think I'm with Herbie right now. Again, all this is in pencil, and we don't know how many players are going to keep at each position. But uh, Justin Watson and Doris Fountain, both those guys can be – very good special teams players for the Chiefs. And 
Uh, at this point, you know, I know Sky Moore left today with the hip injury, but they have to feel good about those top four on the receivers list, uh, especially with Sky Moore emerging here at camp and seeming like a reliable option for Patrick Mahomes. So if that's the case and you feel good about those four, you're okay having a couple guys on special teams. And I would assume at this point that's the way that the Chiefs are leaning. Yeah, and Tobe mentioned the wide receivers he lost last year who were core special teams guys. Marcus Kemp, you know, he mentioned Justin Watson. He specifically said Justin Watson is probably a viable option to replace Kemp. Now you also have to replace Byron Pringle, who played that gunner role, which Doris Fountain did last year every time he was called up. So, I, you know, when you think about Josh Gordon, I don't know where he fits here. Uh, yeah, it's going to take a massive injury to those top four in order for Gordon to have a realistic chance. Yes, yeah, well, Go ahead. But I was going to say that answers Brian's question. Go ahead, Vahey. No, I just I know you're leading to this. Uh, you're looking forward to the weekly uh, Quaker Oats uh, piece about Justin Watson's exploits. Indeed. Um, I did talk to Justin a couple weeks ago, kind of waiting for the right timing to write that. Dave Hope, Dave Tobe might have helped that along today. But um, one thing uh, I was joking with Justin about, he wants to uh, – he's hoping he has a chance to break Joe Valerio's pen – Chiefs uh, receiving record, as as you might recall, Joe Valerio, offensive lineman, had four touchdown catches for the Chiefs. Um, and uh, uh, I look forward to seeing Justin have the opportunity to, to do that, as I'm sure Joe does. You were you were kind of hosed out of a pro career, weren't you, Vahe? It's unbelievable, the, uh, <laughs> the injustice of it all. But at <laughs> As, as, as has often been repeated, but, but can't be said enough, um, like Coach Burnt told me 40 years ago next week, he'd love to play me, but I'm not fast enough for my size or big enough for my speed. And uh, our, guy, our guy, Justin, is fast and big. But is he in the Hall of Fame, Vahe? If he ever put on a uniform, <laughs> he's in the Hall of Fame. Hey, Blair, Brian brings up a point here. Veach restocked special teams and free agency in the draft with Elijah Lee and Deion Bush. Yes, he did, but those guys are replaced. Deion Bush is replacing Armani Watts. Remember, Veach actually, excuse me, Dave Tobe mentioned that today as well. And when you have Elijah Lee, you have to replace Dorian O'Daniel as well as uh, Ben Neiman. They're two main special teams guys over the last four seasons. When we're talking about the wide receiver position, uh, Pringle, as well as Demarcus Robinson and, and even uh, Marcus Kent, those were your gunners. So, you know, you're not going to have your linebacker and your safety playing gunner out there. It's going to be your wide receivers, and that's what we're talking about here. You know, another name that Dave Toe brought up today was Noah Gray uh, as, a, you know, as a special teams guy. And he, of course, part of the tight end group, he's been getting a lot of, got a lot of looks here at training camp. And I want to talk a little bit about the tight end position after Travis Kelsey. You know, we haven't talked about it much, the, the tight end position. But, um, Herbie, are you still of the opinion that this is a, a quartet of, uh, of tight ends or that the Chiefs are going to keep? Yeah, I, I, I believe that. You know, last, last year they went with the 14 personnel uh, look a couple of times during the preseason. And, you know, they love Jody Fortune. I think, they're, I think it's realistic to expect them – to have high expectations on Noah Gray. Blake Bell is a key component of their blocking aspect for when they go 12 personnel. So, yeah, I think they will start off with 14 again. She's not 14, four tight ends. Right. Wait, wait, the Chiefs love no, uh, the Chiefs love Joey Fortson or you love Jody Fortson? <laughs> Which one is it? Uh, clarification, Jesse. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to know that. I mean, J- 
Jody Fortson's basically a K-State Wildcat with as much as you talk about him, Herbie. I mean, I think we've basically learned that. Uh, I do want to say really quickly, Blair, we talked last week with Brett Veach, and he was very high on Noah Gray and some of the strength, the improvement he made in the offseason. And so uh, you add that on here, uh, I, I would I would say four tight ends at this moment because, again, Gray would be kind of the guy you would maybe have some questions on. And like I said, uh, Brett Veach seemed very happy with the strides he's made lately, and he did get some first-team uh, reps today and was uh, a much – uh, targeted receiver in some of those uh, some of those drills. So yeah, I, I think that's what you're looking at. Unless they decide to make a move on Blake Bell, but he does so many things for uh, the Chiefs when it comes to even like quarterback sneaks, you know. And uh, maybe him and Michael Burton as the fullback can kind of seem a little bit redundant. But you know, the Chiefs utilized both of those guys a lot last year, and Andy Reid loves to have that fullback on his roster as part of the old West Coast offense. So uh, I, I think that's what you're looking at: four tight ends and then the fullback as well, because that's the way Andy Reid rolls. Travis Kelsey, of course, is the weapon that no other team has, and he was at the podium yesterday. We asked, we got to ask him about how he feels about the Chiefs and his future in Kansas City, and let's just hear from Travis Kelsey. A lot of the new tight ends get contracts readily. You move some money around to get you maybe a little bit more money early in your deal. How important was it to you for the Chiefs that they were made that gesture? I think, uh, you know, it's just another reason why I love being here, man. Um I've done everything I can to, to do things the right way, both on the field and in the community. And I'm going to continue to do that. They know that and uh, they know what type of player they're going to get, what type of leader they're going to get in this building uh, and also in the community. And I think that, um, you know, I don't know, I'm just uh, extremely appreciative of it that they would even uh, think about it or, or uh, try and put something together. And I just, um, you know, just another reason why I go out here and play my tail off for this city and this organization. It's rare now, but is that a goal for you? Do you think about playing your entire career and, and being – only a member of the Chiefs. I don't plan on playing anywhere else, brother. Hope the uh, hope the Chiefs have that in mind too. Yes, indeed, the Chiefs have that in mind as well. Okay, hey, how about a couple of practice observations uh, from today, Herbie? Let's uh, just a couple things. First of all, Patrick Mahomes showed no signs of the uh, of the gimpiness that he had a little bit yesterday. Right, had to, somebody had stepped on his 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 foot or his leg. I don't even know which one, but he was limping a little bit. But we didn't see much of that. Didn't see any of that today, really, did we? No, no, it was his left ankle, and he he, he said yesterday he was okay, and, and coach said he was okay, and the fact that he took all the first-team reps, yeah, he's perfectly fine. I think for me, what I noticed, and I hate to bring up Jody Fortson, sorry. We've already brought him up, so he's, he's fair game. <laughs> hey, Andy Reid said yesterday he'll probably be back in a few days from the quad injury, and we did notice Jody was running uh you know, from sideline to sideline. So that's a good sign. And he and he went from the rehab tent to observing practice on the sideline as well. So that's, he should be back. You know, the teams went back to one-on-ones. Uh, -on I thought George Karloftis, uh, yesterday when the pads first came on on Monday, he looked incredible. And today he looked incredible again. They got themselves a guy with, you know, they always said he had a high motor. And you can see that when the pads come on with this guy. Uh, how about uh, – I saw McCole Hardman line up in the Wildcat one time, uh, took a snap, and we haven't seen Blake Bell do that yet. Uh, the Bell Dozer uh, line up at, uh, you know, behind center. I suspect we will at some point. And uh, the Leo Chanel hit on Ronald Jones was, it was a highlight today as well. Um, I was not at practice today, but I heard it from where I was. Apparently that, that type of hit. What stood out to you, Jesse, from today's workouts? Yeah, uh, just a couple of things. You you mentioned one of them. If we're going to have a player of the day, I think Leo Chanel might be in the running for that. When they had some of those 9-on-7 drills, he was filling 
gaps really well, making tackles man on the line of scrimmage. And he was with the first team defense, which is something we have not seen as much. Elijah Lee has taken that spot for the most part. So maybe he's kind of taking that stair stair step up. I and mean, we've been talking about how all these rookies have been so impressive and kind of tempered it on Leo Chanel so far. But I think today was his best day of practice. He'd probably earn my MVP with that. The other thing to mention, you know, once I did the uh, sports writer jinx, I mentioned yesterday that Isaiah Pacheco was getting first team reps and potentially Ronald Jones was falling a little bit behind. Ronald Jones was the second back in there with the first team unit today. So uh, we'll see that competition is going to be very fascinating moving forward to see who they decide to keep and who they decide to move on from. But Ronald Jones at least moved back up into some of the first team reps when he had in the previous two days. And we'll see where it goes from here. All right. Good stuff. As always, uh, it really, I really enjoy these conversations. I hope you guys do too. Uh, we're going to call it a day and pick it up tomorrow. Same time, same place, 2.30 here from Missouri Western. Jesse will be here, Herbie, and either Sam McDowell or Vahe will be here. Maybe both. Uh, maybe we can get that lucky. So for them and for our producer, Monty Global Destruction Davis, uh, for First Federal Bank, uh, thanks for being our sponsor. And we'll do it again tomorrow. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Hey, a note about today's morning sports edition. It's not all sports. It begins with eight pages of coverage about last night's primary results, focusing on races and issues in Missouri and Kansas. Sports picks up on page nine. For more information about Morning Sports Edition, go to liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another Sports Beat KC from Chiefs Camp.